day, that's a good thing. Amen? And so if you sign that up, Pastor Sue will get you registered to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And uh, this morning, uh, the message works great with folks already praying to receive the Lord. How thankful are we for that? That is awesome. Amen? That you would come and that the Holy Spirit would have already drawn you into relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We are so thankful for those of you today. Amen? And we rejoice with you. The Bible says right now, we're kind of stoic, but all heaven's like kicking it. <clears throat> all heaven rejoices over one. Amen? Praise the Lord. So we are thankful and we rejoice with you this morning. And uh, so what I'm going to ask you to do, try to illustrate to this, and I've been, uh, I kind of, prior to going on vacation, uh, the end of August and that, and uh, doing things, just started reading and doing some devotion, just thinking again about life and about faith. And the hard part of it is, and hopefully I can illustrate this to it this morning, is that living for God is nothing natural about doing that. When you accept Christ as Savior, you're being translated out from, this, out from the powers of darkness, Colossians 1 says, and into the kingdom of His Son. When Jesus came, He did certain things where He taught about the kingdom. This is what the kingdom of God is like. So now we are citizens of the kingdom of God. We have to learn to live by kingdom principle. And so in application of what we hear and what we believe, there are principles that we apply to live the life that Christ died for us to have. How many understand what I'm saying? Amen. And so getting that and grabbing a hold of that is so important. Second Corinthians chapter five. But I just want to read a couple verses because this morning I want to talk to us just for a few moments about Christ in us, that about our lives being in Christ. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. If any man beware in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. Now, all things become new in Christ. It's you receiving and putting on the new that is in Christ. Not new on the outside. It's not outside stuff becoming new. It's new on the inside of you becoming new. Are you with me? And so we have to think inwardly. Jesus came to abide in us. We took communion this morning. Everything about communion is an inward experience. When the Lord said, do this in remembrance of me, in John chapter 6, we'll read it a little bit later, but in John chapter 6, said, except you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you are none of mine. For my flesh is food in, indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. But in taking that in, Jesus came to be inward. He didn't come to add outward religion to our life. Any outward expression is missing the mark i mean it, the inward has outward expression but it's not just about the outward when we connect inwardly with god it changes everything around us and and that's our goal and so to get ourselves to think inside minded paul he told taught a lot about the in him realities in that uh, also colossians chapter 1 and verse 27 turn there if you would colossians 1 in verse 27, and we'll probably look at a lot of scripture. I've asked him to try and help me by putting them up on the board this morning. So if I get there before you, then hopefully you can look up and find them there. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27, Paul just declares this in speaking of the mystery that he's proclaiming. But to them, God willed to make known whether the riches of the glory of the mystery, of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ what? 
in you the hope of glory. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The hope of glory is Christ in you. So us in Christ and Christ in us. Amen? Father, I thank you over these next few moments, Lord, that you'll give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to receive by your Spirit in Jesus' name. Everybody said Amen. Look at the cover of your outline, if you would. And uh, one other scripture I'll read just before we do that. In John chapter 14 is what Jesus said. He said this, verse 15, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Everybody say help. Amen. That's what I need, help. My wife prays that regularly for me. (laughs) Helping Jesus. Amen. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you help, that he may what? Abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he shall be in you. How powerful is that? God, by his Spirit, in us. And us living out of his life, living out from the life that is in it. Christ comes to impart his life to us so we can live out from his life. From that moment on, we begin to live out from the life that he places in us. From the beginning, man has always stood in the image of God. He was created to receive the gift of God that was set before him. Man was formed that he might choose to be filled with the life and the will of God. Even in the garden, it says that after Adam and Eve partook of the fruit, the, the, the Lord says that they spoke and said, hey, we, we need to remove man because if he eats now the tree of life, he will live forever. So Adam had the choice before him. He never chose life and the enemy came along before he chose life the enemy came along to get him to choose knowledge and he ate of the wrong tree and he made the wrong choice and 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 the power of God said I don't want to leave me if if I leave man like that if he eats of the of the tree of life he will live in that state for eternity so I have to do something so I can redeem him so he removed him from the tree till he could get him back to the place where God could once again put his life inside of us how many know what I'm saying and so that's why Christ came to reposition us and so in Christ we are now able to partake of the tree of life and we have eternal life in Christ amen so stay with me two choices were there life or knowledge they are still before us today people choose daily one or the other every day we choose whether I will live by the life of God or the knowledge that I've gained I'm either going to live by what I know what I what I'm convinced of what I rely on or I'm just going to go you know what I don't know anything I'm just going to live by your life going to follow you trust you lord today is not it is not just the unbeliever that has a wrong concept of relationship with god we when most think about god it's connected to the many things that they think they must do to please him or the many things god will do to please them we hear about that a lot today This is absolutely wrong. According to the word of God, we are made in the image of Christ to be a photo of him. Stay with me. As he is of the Father, the reflection and expression of all that he is. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 1. It's so important that I lay the foundation for this this morning that you hear it. 
And my prayer is that we get there. It, I've, it's always been a passion for me ever since I've been saved in my ministry. It's a thread and a cord that runs through the, the heart of what I preach on and what I do is that God has made all this available for it. it I just get torqued when we miss out on it. Come on, I'm kind of like that. If healing is for, de- for today, let's go after it. Come on, if victory is power, if the Holy Ghost, everything, if all this is ours today, why would we let somebody rip us off, talk us out of it, anything else? David said like this, that he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemy. In the 23rd, okay, God prepares this whole table, and we just kind of like stand and look at man, that looks really good. That's so good. That's so awesome God would do that. I believe God did that. That is awesome. I believe that table is there. I believe everything's on that table. I believe that's for me. You want to eat? I don't think I should have it. He prepared it, but I think it's for another day. Or somebody, hello. We, we just wouldn't do that. And if somebody was talking like that, you'd say, come here. You need prayer. You'd put your hands on their head and say, Lord, heal their mind. Amen. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. God, who at various times and in different ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world, who being the brightness of his glory, now watch this, and the express what? The express image of his person and power when he had by himself purged our sin, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. That word image is the same word of Jesus being in the image of the Father. It's the same word in Romans chapter 8 that Paul's writing about you and I. And if you look at it, Romans 8, and I'll probably be getting there quicker than you, And that Romans 8 and verse 29, he says this, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. Now, Jesus is the express image of the Father. And Paul said that God ordained, pre-planned, that you and I would be conformed to the image of his Son. So if Christ is the express image of the Father, and we're being conformed to his image, then we're going to be the express image of the Father as well. Which means that, it, 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 and this is where religion dumbs us down, but the word lifts us up. So sometimes you have to put aside, I, I challenge people all the time, I'm so glad you believe what you believe. But let's just read the Bible like you'd never heard anything before. Let's read it like you don't know anything, you don't believe everything, and every time you open it, you say, Lord, I know nothing. Holy Spirit, teach me what I need to know. And if I just stay with the book, the book is never wrong. Come on, I just read, we we just read in the scripture, in the Bible. I believe the Bible is the word of God. It's not just things put together and people, it's the living word of God. Every word, every period is where it belongs. I don't care how many people it got through. If you know how it happened, over 40 authors on three different continents and three different languages, over 1,600 years compiled together to get any of it, to mesh it all, is a miracle. Just the compilation of it, scream. Word of God. And then when you read it, and, and, and it's like no other book is, come on, you, you can listen to, you know, uh, what? <laughs> 
You, you can listen to a love, and you can feel bumps from a love song. You can read, you know, a romance novel and get, you know, but when you read the word, it gets in your heart and you go, whoa, that, that is awesome because we don't read the word. The word reads us. It's a living word, and it reads you, and it shows you you, and then it said, not, I, don't, I don't just read you to expose you. I read you to heal you, to show you what you can be, to reveal my love to you. It is awesome. And so he, he conformed us to be, he, he destined that we be conformed to the image of his son so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. One other verse, Colossians 3 and verse 10. I like a lot of the Bible. So I'm sure, come on, we, we, don't let this current age dumb you down. Refuse to be dumbed down. Go back to a day where you had to have paper to learn something. Where you had to actually open a book where you couldn't just get an immediate answer. You couldn't, listen, every, every, everything you Google, somebody else looked up for you. And if you're always letting somebody else get it for you and bring it to you, it'll never have the impact. That when you say, I want to know, I'm going to search this for myself. I'm going to dig this out for myself. I'm going to find this for myself. Sammy, I'm glad you believe that. You know, Aiden, I'm glad you believe. But you know what? I'm going to find out and I want to believe what I believe. I want to be like those at the city of Samaria when the woman went from the well and ran into the city and said, come and meet a man who told me all things. Could this be the Messiah? And and then they come out and they spend two days with Jesus and they say to her, hey, it's nice that you believe, but now we believe because we heard him. We believe because we heard his word. And I'm glad what everybody else believes, but it's stronger when you know what you believe. Because there's going to be a day, there will come a time, there's circumstances and situations that rise up in our life when you have to be able to stand and say, I know in whom I have believed. I know him, not somebody else. It's not the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. Not the name of Jesus that Pastor Don preaches or Sean preaches or anybody else preaches. It is the Jesus that I know. I know his name. I've been face to face with him. Amen. And so it gets us over, praise the Lord. Colossians chapter three and verse 10 says this. Verse nine said, do not lie to one another since you have put off what? The old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. So there's a new man that I put on, but you know what? If you look at me, I look like the same guy. But there's a new man somewhere that I put on, and that new man in me is created in the image of Christ. And so if I will learn to live out of that new man, then things about my character and my nature, when Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, and when it says that he's the express image of the Father, it doesn't mean that if you look at a picture of Jesus, if we had a sketching or an etching or a drawing, other than what we've seen and artists have rendered and made up, if you had a literal picture of Jesus, it doesn't mean it's a mirror image of, of what God looks like because God does not have form. God is spirit. And, 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 and you can't draw God. He's not the old man on the Sistine Chapel. That's not who he is. Hello? That, that fits in our mind, but that's not God. 
Beside God wouldn't fit on any ceiling. You can't draw. The, 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 the psalmist wrote like this, and, and Paul proclaimed it. Now, in him, we live and move and have our being. Anybody in Christ, the moment you're in God, you're in God. Everything, the whole universe is in God. So if you could look into God's belly button, you would see all of creation in him. I mean, if, if God had like a peep scope and you could look inside and see it, every, everything is in him. Everything is in God. So you can't draw, we can't even fathom what we can see in him, let alone look what he looks like. All right. I know I'm... You guys just hung up on belly button, I'm telling you. Now. There's only one thing that we must do to receive Christ. Go with me to John chapter 15. Here's the key, guys. Stay with me for a couple more moments. John 15. I, 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 you know, you say things like that and it sounds silly. But if we really thought in the church about some of the things we say that we believe, it's like, dude, what were you smoking when you made that up? I sat one time, when we were Pentecostal Church of God, I, I sat in a district board meeting with all the guys. I said, hey guys, if we didn't believe what we believe, you couldn't get us to believe what we believe. If you didn't believe this, we couldn't get you to believe it. If we just pulled you off the street and said, believe this, you go, That's, that didn't make sense. There's no way. And then if you read this, you, you, you have to, this is what we try to do. We try to make the word say what we believe. Instead of learning to say and believe what the word says. I don't want to make the word say what I believe. I don't want to believe something and then go to the word to prove what I believe. I want to believe nothing and go to the word and come away with a belief. That's what we're after. It, it, it's, just a, it's just a shift. It's a paradigm twist. But it changes everything. John uh, uh, chapter 15 Look at this. In just one verse, verse 4, Jesus talking about the vine and the branches. Look at Abide in me and I in you. Come on. You in Christ and Christ in you. You in Christ and Christ in you. Abide in me and I. You prayed that prayer this morning. Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart. You, you're asking Christ to come and abide in you. And now you must choose to abide in him, to live your life out from him from this day forward. Not, not to just acknowledge him, but to literally live life from him. Amen? So the only thing we must do is receive Christ as our life. Abide in me and I in you as the branches cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Turn to the inside of your outline. Once we have received him as our life, he lives in us and makes us a living expression of himself. To be a believer means that you and I become a living expression of Christ in the earth. To be a Christian, we were never called Christian. None of those who were with Christ, Jesus never called, the Bible says he called his disciples to him. 
And as disciples, he taught them as a master how they should live, how they would conduct their life, what their, what their attitudes would be and what their conduct and behavior would be amongst one another. He said, don't be like the Gentile. Don't look for position. And, and then he would model. He would get down on his knees and he would wash their feet. He said, this is how you serve. And, and, and I wrote it this morning that I was in prayer. There, there, there's something about our worship, something that's powerful about our worship. It, it, is, it, it is imminently important that in worship we find ourselves at his feet not not just singing song but somewhere to really worship God you must end up at his feet where you are in reverence before God and and like the woman who comes in and she breaks her her valuable alabaster box and she begins to anoint his feet and, and you're in awe of what he's done for you and you begin to worship and you thank him for his redeeming grace you know you were dead you had no life you know and you just worship him and you never lose that gratitude you're overwhelmed by the love you're overwhelmed by the mercy and all you can do is find yourself at his feet and you worship him and all the peripherals are just those things that remind you and they bring you to that place so worship comes out of your heart and then if I really want to serve God I have to find myself to be a servant of God means to find myself at the feet of someone else to say how can I serve you How can I love you? How can I make God's love known to you? How can I, I've been changed by his love. Now how can I serve you the love of God? And so serve, Jesus knelt down and he says, he that will be great in the kingdom in John 13, let him be the servant of all. So in worship, I have to be at his feet and in serving Christ, I have to be at the feet of someone else as he would be. Jesus said the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but he came to serve and to give his life. And it's so powerful. And that's what Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Hey, let this mind be in you. Listen again, think about you in Christ and Christ in you. If I am in him, then his mind is in me as well. And that transformed me. Who, who, Who thought it not robbery to be equal. Come on, we're made in the image of God. So it's not wrong to think right about how we are and what God says about it, but at the same time, I don't get haughty, I don't get religious, I don't get prideful over that. I'm amazed that God redeemed me. I was dead and he gave me life and he's redeemed me and he brought me back. So then to humble myself before God and take on the form of a servant, be found where if God could humble himself and be found in the fashion of a man, That's nothing compared to me humbling myself and being found in the form of a servant. Amen? I could do that piece of cake. (laughs) Amen? Come on. We don't have to die to do that. Well, pride dies hard. Self-esteem dies. I mean, some stuff dies. But it's a lot easier than the cross. Amen? Praise the Lord. But it's your cross. Amen? So think about that. Think about that. We're abiding in him. We've lived. We're the expression, a living expression of himself. Image alone is an empty vessel. We were made a vessel for the purpose of receiving Christ. Man is like a glove. And I shared this a long time ago, but I don't know how else to illustrate it. I've never done it. And I have another message I preach on this. I'm being formed to be filled. 
But that's exactly what God, God formed man out of the dust of the earth and then he breathed, he breathed into what he formed. He formed it to fill it. He formed it to fill it. You were made to be filled with God, nothing else. The whole purpose you were made. You say, okay, what's that for? Well, this, I go, okay, I, I could put other things in there, you know, but, but it was literally, if you, asked, if you asked a person who made it, that's to hold communion, crackers, wafers, whatever you want to put in there. Uh, this was made and this was made to hold little cup I guess you could put you know wear it like a fist ring or something but it you know you could you but instead of go wait a minute what was it designed for and stay with that what were you created for stay with that every person born through the womb of a woman in this earth was formed to be filled with God to have the life, to know the life of God on the inside of you. And when you prayed that prayer this morning, you didn't just pray a prayer of erasing your path. You invited God by his spirit to fill your life. Woo! Amen. A glove is made after the image of a hand. I didn't make a glove. You know, and they make mittens. We don't call mittens glove. We call them mittens. Because they look like a sock with a thumb on it. Okay, somebody, what do I do? I got a hole, so I'll sew an extra pair, and then I'll put it on my hand. Look, I made a glove. No, you made a sock with a thumb thing. <laughs> a glove looks like a hand. Amen? It's made in the image of the hand, and that's what God did. He says, I will make man in my image, and I will form him in such a way that he is created to receive me, and when he receives me, my life will cause him to have function, and my life will define his purpose. Woo! A vessel is made to contain, it is a vessel made to contain the hand. Without the hand, the glove is empty and cannot fulfill purpose for which it was made. This is the glove. If you could, this is God. And God said, I will make man in my image. This is only illustration. God is bigger than this. Okay? <laughs> okay. And said, I'll make man in my own image. And, and so we're, we, we, we're made as Christ, and we're made in the image of God. And God said, and I make him so that I can feel him. He's made to and when I come in, I give him life. And I give him expression. And I'm able to extend myself into him and give expression to his life. And becoming a Christian, when you pray that prayer, that's just, you say, God, we pray, Jesus, come into my life. Because my life, this was my life, I was dead. Do something. <laughs> you were dead and tried, okay, stand up. No, we were dead and trespassed and sin, but then God puts his life into it, so there's something different. These gloves look exactly alike, but the difference of this is this one is filled with life. And, and, and until, until what formed me fills me, my expression is never connected to my original purpose. And the devil knows it, because part of this purpose is like pounding his face. And the devil goes, every time a glove gets filled with the hand of God, my nose gets really bruised. 
because they find out they can resist me. I come with the lion. They go, shut up. And so I do my best to make them think this is really living. Dude, you are really living now. Without Christ, man is empty, unable to fulfill purpose. Life is vanity or an empty existence. Man, like a glove, is a container made to be filled with Christ as his content. Listen, guys, everything about religion is external. Okay? You could put, maybe not. Maybe not. Okay. I'm so awesome. I have stuff. Okay, do something. Anything you do external, you can't, if it doesn't feel and get inside, and then we go, oh, you know what? I know what I'll do. If I just had more stuff, if I had the ability to buy more stuff. Do something. <laughs> if I just had more money, I could really do a lot. I would really be living. I would, I would have a great life with more money and more stuff, because if I had more money, I could buy more stuff, and I could put more stuff on my fingers. I could have bigger. In fact, I could have a ring on every hand. I could have this, and then, oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. It's not supposed to come out. Hello? Are we getting this this morning? Stay with me. Man like a glove is that container to be filled with Christ. Without Christ, the content of our lives are merely empty vessels, gloves and lives without true expression. Nothing else can fill your life, no other person, thing, or activity. They only last for a season. Any replacement for him will wear out. Any replacement for Christ wears out. That's why you need other stuff. I need some more stuff. I need something else. Because everything I try to do except Christ doesn't fit because you were made in the image of God okay and uh, Aiden I need a little hand I mean you're a big guy but stand up here okay put your hand in there okay now watch here turn around here watch this now watch dude you have room left okay because the glove wasn't made in the image of his hand it was made in the image of God's hand. And when you try to fill it, you can't fill, you will never be able to fill it big enough. Your thoughts, your plans, your ideas, your scheme, your destiny, your design, the things you will never be enough to fully fill your life. You can try to put yourself in there, but you're not big enough. God is bigger than you, and He didn't form you to your size, He formed you to His size. 
And so what he has for you is a greater life than you have for yourself. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have more life more abundantly than they could produce for themselves. And that life is in me. So when I accept his life, I accept the fullness of his life. Then his hand comes behind me. And my life, put your hand in there. Okay, well, I can't. Anyway, but his, his life covers my life. Are you with me? And my life gets hidden in him. Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ, and, and yet now I live. And, but my life, he said, is hidden in Christ. And everything I do is greater. It's his power. It's his work working through me. Somebody say amen. amen. Thank you, son. Amen. Amen. Now what? There's only one thing the glove can do for the hand. Receive it. Go with me to John chapter 20. Are we helping you this morning? John chapter 20. Jesus came and he appeared to his disciples in the upper room. Verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said, Peace be with you. How many know if Jesus popped through the wall right now, you'd like for him to say that first? Yo, peace. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> peace be with you. Because if God just walks in without knocking, that gets your attention. Amen? Now watch. Watch. Now when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And then Jesus said to them, again, peace to you as the Father has what? As the Father sent me, I also am sending you. As the Father has sent me, I also am sending you. And this is so powerful right here. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, if I breathe, got it. Got it. How many know that isn't what he's asking them to do? You can't catch. He, he didn't breathe into them something that they just catch and, okay, we get the breath of God. Okay, you didn't get it all. I'll do it one more time. Okay, cool. That was better. You got more of him that time. Now keep this. Never lose the breath. Hide this and someday Indiana Jones will discover it. <laughs> The Holy Grail. Um, he breathed, man was empty, and God breathed again as in the beginning. Man again was once again in a position where God could fill him with his life. And Jesus says, receive the Holy Spirit, the breath of life. And God put his life back into us. Amen? He put his life back into us. Those of you who prayed that prayer this morning, that's exactly what God did. He breathed his life into you and you became again a living soul. Hallelujah. 
Galatians 5 and verse 18 says this. It says, don't be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. The, 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 the original uh, uh, context of, of, of that word and the verb there is, is always in the progressive uh, tense, and it means ever be being filled. Be continually be filled. It's not just enough. See, we, we, we think in one time out. You guys, you prayed that prayer this morning. Okay, you prayed the prayer. Okay, I'm saved. But you know what? We, sent, we tend to just go on about our business and think we don't need the glove. Okay, there's my salvation. I got it. I'll keep it. It's all good. Because it wasn't just us in Him, or Him in us, it was also us in Him. So I'm the image of God, this is God, and I'm in the image of Him, and so it's both ways. I receive Him, but also I put myself in Him. He makes me His image, but I have to put myself in Him. So the two, there's two that go hand in hand, and I keep myself in Him. Because He doesn't back off from His promise to be our life, but sometimes we think we don't have to be or do everything in Him. Sometimes we go back to knowledge and think we know it enough on our own, we can do it on our own. We go back to relying on our own strength, we go back to being natural, we go back to our old ways were comfortable even though it was unproductive it was familiar to it so we go back to that but it's so important that I keep myself keep yourself in the love of God how praying in the Holy Ghost so I keep praying I need to keep myself in there God and I, I need this union I need to be one with God amen and his purpose for my life praise the Lord so the hand and the glove are to be one the glove is a container the hand is the content the hand fills the glove gives it expression Sean preached on grace last week it's powerful the glove is satisfied with the hand in it I'm content with the hand of God as a purpose for my life we realize that we are a container for Christ a vessel for him to fill and express himself through as we said Christ in us the hope of glory God fills our life with himself so he can express himself through it it's powerful watch it I love it because the Bible says 1 Corinthians 12 7 says the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all so God puts himself in and, and that's sometimes what we miss we look at ourselves we say well I just don't feel like I can do anything but God says I put my self in you and now I'm asking you to like this so when the Lord said Jesus said like this these signs will follow them that believe believe that I am in them and they are in me and then then they will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover but wait a minute it isn't just their hand it is me in them and I'm touching through them and so you just you just kind of go wait a minute people look at you what are you doing I think God's in me And he wants to touch you. I, I know I'm bit, but, but see, it, it's kind of like that. You have to believe that. And you tell people that, well, you know, I don't really believe that. I don't care if you believe it. Just hold still and let me touch you, and you will know it. People go, well, and some of you prayed for someone and said, oh, they prayed for me. And you feel the Spirit of God go touch that person, go do that. And so your hand, it, it's kind of like cousin it, it starts moving on its own. But it's being led by the will of God, no, no longer you. It's moving, and, and, and it's directing you. And so Peter said, you're walking to the, you know, all of a sudden life's been cool, and now all of a sudden God breathed his life back into you. You've received the life of God. You was in the upper room. He poured his spirit out upon you. There's an anointing upon your life. And now this life is talking to you, and you're walking by somebody you've always walked by before. And he goes, hey, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto you. And reaching out his hand. Grabs him and lifts him up. 
And so he just walked, but he had walked by the person before, but all of a sudden the hand goes, hey. And you misunderstand, I'm not trying to be silly or comical about it, but I'm saying that, that when God fills our life, he changes us, he redefines us. He gives us, and now it's his purpose, it's his life. And all I have to do, is that this glove doesn't have to do anything. Sean's preaching on grace. We're accepted by God. The glove just receives. It was made to receive. When you believe and you receive, you're filled with the life of God. You're filled with the power of God. He puts his gifts on the inside of you. And now he says, let me touch a lost and hurting world through you. Go through somebody else. Go find somebody. Go tell them what great things God has done for you. And then pray for them reach out to them and watch what I will do to you I will confirm my word with signs following amen but the devil says what can you do you're just a glove no I'm not I'm a glove with a hand dude I'm no longer just a glove I'm a glove filled and I'm filled with what frightens you And you're afraid that I'll believe I'm no longer just a glove. And I'll get bold in God. And I'll believe in the hand. And I'll believe in the word. And I'll agree with the word. And I'll say, use me. Use me till you wear me out. That's, I don't know how you want to live your life. I want to live my life until God's fingers are poking through everywhere. To where there's holes in the palms of my life. To where my life is spent for God. Amen. And then he takes me home and reupholsters me. Makes me new. Amen. Hallelujah. The worship team will come back. Turn to the last page of your outline. There's a point right in the middle. Point I right in the middle. H and I. G, H and I. Go all the way up. No, no. (laughs) Point G says, to be a normal Christian is simply to take Christ as our life day by day. Hear me this morning. Christ in your Bible is not Christ in your life. Okay? Jesus in your Bible is not Jesus in your life. This has to get in you. You have to live by this. That's why Jesus said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood. Just being around Use the illustration of food a lot. Smelling food doesn't fill you up. It creates an appetite, but it won't fill you up. You receive no benefits just from looking at food. You receive no benefit just from reading recipes. And you receive no benefit just from reading the book until the book gets in you. Jesus said, The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. And they are living words and they are the bread of life. And man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So you must partake of the bread of life. You must take it into you. Jesus said, if I abide in you and my words abide in you, then you will ask what they will. The word abide means to live. If I live in you and my words live in you, so just putting my life on the book, saying I believe the book, wrapping myself around the book, agreeing with the book, there's no way. The book, the Bible, the life has to get inside of me. 
We were never meant just to know about God. We were made to contain His life in us and to live with Him as a source of our life. Problem is we eat from the wrong tree. Just knowing God. Not know God. Life in God. See, I can impress you that I know something of Him. Or I can lead you to be a partaker of Him. I've met a lot of people that can talk. I'm, I feel so simple sometimes in my language. I make stupid illustrations, funny things. I use belly button and all that stuff. But in the area, I can impress you with knowledge. Or we can impart to you life. It's not about helping you know. It's inviting you to open up and receive his life and live out of that life. You say, Pastor, how do you do that? I, all I've done all my life, I got saved. And I just want to live from Christ. And every time I get distracted, I know what I, I need to go back to abiding. I need to go back to being in Christ and Christ being. It's just that simple focus. It's no deeper than that. Me and Christ, Christ in me, me and Christ. Lord, teach me to abide. Teach me. Then, then I can ask and it shall be done. Then my prayer has audience with God. Then I'm not asking inappropriate. Then I'm not being distracted by the wrong desires in my life. Then I'm being led by the Spirit. Amen? Bow your heads with me this morning. This is just choosing Christ as my life and then to live my life in and through Christ. I'm in Christ and Christ is in me as my hope of glory. He receives me and I receive Him. See, there's nothing. God supplies us with everything. He supplies you. Tuesday night we talked about Him as our intercessor. Christ praying for us in heaven and then giving the, putting the Holy Spirit in you. When God is in you, He'll even pray through you for you. The Holy Spirit makes intercession through us for us. When God is in you, His faith is in you. So it's not you getting faith. His faith is in you. He gives you the measure of faith. When He comes, He brings all that He has. You're filled with the fullness of God. Sometimes we just get frustrated. Lord, how come my life isn't working? How come this isn't working? How come everything? And I just stop. Go back to that place of abiding. In Him. Setting myself back in Him. And receiving Him into my life. Ever be being filled. Ever be being filled. I know I should bow your head. Look up here just one more time. Let me say this to you. If you were to ingest mass quantities of alcohol. it would begin to influence your behavior. To be drunk with wine is to be influenced by what you've taken in. 
The moment you take it, it changes your behavior, your character, your attitude, everything about you. It changes your ability to function. It becomes an influencer. It now is influencing your life. Alcohol is an influencer. Drugs are an influencer. So Paul says, don't let your life be influenced and controlled by wine. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Let Him. See, the world says, fill yourself with all kinds of stuff. The, the world constantly offers counterfeit feelings. Everything the world offers is a counterfeit feeling. And, and some of the stuff you can get in there and, and, and make me... It, it, it influences you, but not properly. You end up out of control. You lose control. But when God fills your life, He brings your life into perfect control. Amen? In doing that. So don't be influenced. But the moment the Holy Spirit is to influence your life just like wine would. To change your behavior, to change your attitude, to change your conduct on every level. The same way you could tell somebody was drunk, you should be able to tell somebody is filled with the Spirit. He said, I'm filled with the Spirit. Okay, the behavior doesn't match the statement. If I was, when, I, when, you, when I got drunk, I didn't have to walk up. I mean, we used to because we were drunk and we didn't know any better. How many walked up to somebody that, I am so drunk. Really? Couldn't tell. Couldn't tell at all. You look perfectly fine. Glory to God. Amen? So if you are filled with the Spirit, you shouldn't have to say so. It should be as evident as being totally intoxicated. The intoxication of the Spirit. The influence of the Spirit. The control of the Spirit. Bow your head me one more time. Father, today as we close, Lord, I pray that everyone in this building would have a fresh appetite, a fresh desire, a fresh hunger, Father, to know truly what it's like to be filled. Lord, not just once, not just a memory, not in days gone by, but Father, right now today, to have a current, fresh feeling in our life that today and every day I choose to be filled. I want to ever be being filled with the life of God. I don't want a day to go by with old wine. I want the new wine of every day ever increasing and influencing my life. I want people to know that I've been drinking of the living water and that it is influencing and it's changing me. Father, I have a hunger. I have an appetite. In these next few moments, as they lead us in worship, I invite you, if you want to move to this altar, I open the altar up for you. If you need prayer for anything in your body, we will pray and we will agree that God will, through our hands, touch your life and heal your body by the laying on of hands this morning, if you need that prayer. But maybe you just need to stand for a moment in the house of God and in the presence of God and say, God, fill me just from your heart, just your request. Lord, I want to be filled. I want to leave here today, Father. 
Father, knowing something new, something fresh from you. Just have an appetite. Just have a desire and say, God, do something in me fresh today. Fill me new. Fill me freshly. Let me have what Paul said, that I would be new every day in you, Father. Fill with your spirit. Stand with me if you would this morning. Go ahead, God. Try it again. You put that keyboard in the floor monitors, please. Father, we love you. We worship you and bless you, Father. Hallelujah. Come on, don't worry about that. Just raise your hands up to heaven. Thank you, Lord. Creator, you hold our hearts together. There's no one higher than you. Yeah. Come on, worship the Lord. Refender, our great and mighty Savior. There's no one higher than you. Yes, Lord. You are always with us, gracious to forgive us. By your power, we've been set free. Lord, we stand amazed in your presence. Yeah. Astounded by your mercy and love. Our hands are lifted high, surrender. Your grace for me is always enough. Yeah, there's no one higher. There is no one higher than our God. No one greater. There is no one greater than Come on, let my life forever praise. My life forever praise the glory of your name. There is no one higher than you. Yes, Lord, we worship you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In love forever, there's no one higher than you. Yes, your beauty, your splendor, your glory knows no measure. There's no one higher than you are. You are always with us, gracious to forgive us. And by your power, we've been set free. Yes. Lord, we stand amazed in your presence. Astounded by your mercy and love. Yeah. Our hands are lifted high and 
Jesus, Jesus, 